and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from a varying skill range. I will be the patriarch of this family. Andrew, with me, the disappointment of the family. Keith? <laughs> and of course, the annoying young sibling, Liz. Hey guys. And this week was Keith's pick, which was Children of Morta by Dead Mage Studios. So the synopsis of this game is it's top-down roguelite dungeon crawler where you essentially are playing one of six family members and you're essentially going into these dungeons and you're trying to inevitably stop this corruption that is starting to spread around the planet. And as you're going into these dungeons, you're leveling up the family, you're picking up new gear and trying to just see how far you can get in these dungeons and essentially trying to rescue one of the three spirits and ultimately try to defeat the corruption. So Keith, since this was your pick, was this a game or a pass? This was a game for me. I liked it a lot when I started playing and I think it's still a really good game, but it started to overstay its welcome a little for me. But it's still a game. For me, this is a pass. Whoa! I know. <laughs> it's, it's a good game, but for me, it just... It didn't do anything special, so that's why for me, I'm giving it a pass. I'm going to give it a game, and I have to say, when I started playing this, I was like, oh, this is definitely a Keith pick. Definitely Keith pick. <laughs> yeah, when I saw the trailer, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I have a feeling Keith's going to pick this as soon as it's his turn. You told me that like way before I started playing it, and I forgot that you had said that. And then I started playing it, and I was like, Keith definitely picked this game. I forgot <laughs> who you even picked it. So if you like Keith picks, you're probably going to like this one. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this is my, it's my style of game. <laughs> I mean, at first I was very excited for this game because I will say the trailer for the game also sold me on it. When I saw the trailer, I was like, all right, this game actually looks pretty cool. I like the pixel art of it, and the story kind of seemed interesting kind of following this family. But overall, by the end of the story, I thought the story really kind of fell flat. Oh, I didn't really care about the story. And it was actually super frustrating playing the game when you're having all this dialogue and you can't make it go faster. You can't really skip it. You can't even pause yeah, you can. it. You, you can't skip button. some of them. You hold B. No, some of them you can't, though. Some of them you can't. I, yes. I definitely tried. And then you sometimes you can't even pause it with the jewel button, which if you're like us and like you, you do need to pause it like, on a whim, it kind of sucks. Yeah, the story at first, like I was intrigued by it because you're following this family called the Bergsons. They're the Bergson Bunch, as I always kept referring to them as. <laughs> but you're essentially just like this family of fighters that... I felt like there wasn't too much backstory with the family. You're picking up... You can find scrolls that you end up learning about the grandfather of the family who's not in the picture. So you kind of find out what happened to him. But overall with the story, I always felt like, oh man, they're kind of hinting at some like secrets or some twists in the story. It, there was. And I didn't care for them. I actually thought they are kind of lame. So I was really disappointed in it. And the first time I was playing with this, this game, unfortunately, is only couch co-op, which I think is another huge miss. But luckily, I had one of my friends over and we were playing it. And I remember he first said, man, this game has too much story. And I said that thing. I'm like, is it possible for a game to have too much story? And then the more I played this game, yes, yes, it does. Because like there's some cutscenes that are literally like, oh, Lucy likes throwing the ball. She could catch it all day. And it's like, and that's it. And, like, that's the cutscene. And it's just, like, that was unnecessary. Like, I understand you're trying to build, like, emotion to these characters. But there was a lot of cutscenes where it's just, like, that was a waste of time. I don't care. Some of it was necessary. So, for instance, when Lucy was learning and she lit herself on fire. Yeah. And things like that. But I completely agree. And on top of the cutscenes, you have to also add in the ridiculous load speeds. And then also... 
when they calculate your run, that takes forever. So I felt like it was 50% gameplay and then 50% load screens and dialogue. And it was just like, come on. I actually, the only reason why it didn't irritate me is I actually set up a jigsaw puzzle while playing this game. <laughs> That's how bad it was. I was like, do you know what? I need something else going for me. And that really helps. So if you're going to play this, I recommend having something else going on. Maybe a Sudoku or something. Good snack ratio. Yes. Have a snack. so weird to me because... I don't agree with you guys at all. I do really? think the storyline at times, yeah, it was kind of weird the way they would do the storytelling. And I wasn't always a fan of the fact that you'd go through a, a quick story scene or a cut scene and it would load back to the house. And then you'd go to, say, the dungeon to go back in and it would just jump back into it where I felt like it could have just continued that whole story together. It didn't have to have the breaks. That was really the only thing I had i was bothered by sure some of them to your point were a little bit unnecessary yes the end of run took about seven seconds to calculate but that's not jigsaw puzzle time it's just a little bit longer than it should be hey, anytime is jigsaw puzzle time. No, i'm just definitely... saying like you guys are talking about this game like it's grand theft auto load times it's very forgiving it's just a little long for the type of game it is the calculations at the end, I don't maybe it's our internet or something. It took it's a not. it's not it, it took not. a ridiculously <laughs> long time. Unnecessary. What do you define as a ridiculously long period of time? I mean I if am you curious already right have now. load screens and then you also have the story, I felt like I wasn't even playing the game half the time. But I will admit that I did die a lot, which means a lot more load screens. Cause I'm I like these type of games, but I'm really bad at them. So, like, for instance, even with, like, Dead Cells, like, I just, I'm bad at these games. It's, like, a constant. This one, I was in the dungeon forever until Andrew assisted me, and then I got into the next layer of the dungeon, which is nice because you don't completely start over, but I feel like I, I just couldn't progress. I mean, you are constantly progressing because you're getting currency, you're updating your armor, and things like that, but I just felt like I wasn't progressing enough. And I played on the normal, which is the easier difficulty. Yeah, I didn't realize you could change the difficulty until I was already two of the three chapters I was already done. And then I was like, oh, there's a difficulty setting. But I didn't see any kind of reward for it or anything like that. No, there's no achievements. And it doesn't seem to really change the game that much. Yeah, so I had no drive to even try to change the difficulty on this game. But this game is more of a roguelite. So like, it has some roguelike elements to it, but it's not super heavy into it. So comparing to it to like another roguelike game, as Liz is saying, like Dead Cells, to me, Dead Cells required skill. Like you could literally start the game off like first run and beat this and beat the game. You could not in this game. This game, I felt like as soon as you go to the next layer of the dungeon, the difficulty just spikes really high. And when you die, you obviously go back to your house. And when you upgrade armor or attack or anything like that, it upgrades it for all the family members. So even if you're the worst player in the world, as long as you're putting time into this game, you're good to progress. Because to me, there wasn't much skill in this game. Every character just had like two abilities and they weren't anything clever. They were always kind of the same thing. Everyone had some sort of attack that did like damage to a group of enemies. They had an escape. And then the, I don't know, the third ability is usually something kind of, was the thing that was kind of slightly different. But none of it felt skilled to me. It mostly was just like, grindy just work your way through see i think it felt like if anything just trying to at least what it might have been going for it wasn't 
based on changing skill, I don't think. Like, I don't think any of the characters were harder or easier. I think it was just about the style of game you wanted to play, whether you wanted to just have, like, that really up-close personal attack or back off a little or fast. I don't know. Just different. I think, too, playing couch co-op, it was kind of great because one of us would be range and one of us would be melee and obviously the melee person would die a lot more and so you can revive each other over and over again which is great one thing i think that i disliked with the game is that you have very limited dodges and when you're going into a dungeon and sometimes i mean there's dozens of enemies and like some characters you can only dodge once and then it has to like build up again that just seems silly to me. I know. After I played a game like Into the Gungeon, which is a very similar style of game like this, you had unlimited dodges in that. And that one actually was like, I loved that dodge because it was like, oh, the first half of the dodge, you're invincible, but then you're vulnerable again. In this one, you're dodged, you're completely vulnerable. And you're being hit melee and range as well. So yeah. that's another thing that kind of made it seem less skill-based, that you can't dodge, you can't really prevent it. Yeah, it seemed kind of like a bit more of luck. Like, you enter a dungeon, hopefully you get enough relics that makes your character powerful enough. Hopefully you're not entering a room that's filled with, like, a ton of elite monsters that just decimate you right away. So I I felt like normally when I actually beat a run and actually got to the boss, it was felt more like luck than it did skill. I don't think the relics really do as much. Like, I remember with Dead Cells, when you got certain armor and certain things like that. It just, it, you knew that you were going to do well. And with this game, I just didn't think it helped me that much. Not enough. And then by the time you got to the boss, sometimes you're at like 20 health and you're like, I finally got to the boss and I don't have enough health to do it. Some of them did, but they were rare because some you would pick up and it would it would just say like increases your critical chance. That's just a very good item, but you would only see it very rarely. Maybe I'm so bad that those things didn't help me. I had one <laughs> that increased my health. When I went to a different level, it automatically gave me full health. Yeah. And I still I didn't do well. I don't think, because all of a sudden I got bombarded by all the elites. There was a bunch of yellow guys and it's like, well, thanks for making that useless. <laughs> yeah. See, again, I don't particularly agree. I do think that the game scales it in a way. And I don't want to start, I'm not defending it because I'm not saying I like this. But in the early levels, it didn't really feed you a lot of items, and so everything just felt bare bones. But by the end of the end of the dungeons, you would find so much stuff that it would sometimes get ridiculous. Sometimes. And yeah, and it was somewhat rare, but it was frequent enough that I always felt like it was easy to move through the dungeons. I thought the item sets were very helpful, as a matter of fact. Like the, the charms, or the divine graces, I believe they were. Those were great. Those were just the passive items. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, I didn't get as far as you because I'm really bad at this game. Like, I put in a lot of hours and I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. So I didn't really collect the things that you did, I guess. But I don't think that it necessarily... Like, I think all of the items were pretty much available to collect right from the beginning. So that was a little bit more based on luck, whether or not you got one that was actually useful or not. But there was definitely some in particular that were fantastic and if i got them i just knew my run was going to be either easy or at the very least i knew i was finishing that run yeah to me though like like this is what i was saying is like how it sometimes worked well because there was some runs i would have like 10 charms then there was other times i would have to be at the boss and I'd have like one or two and it's just like okay like this really sucks like i just got the short straw on this one I just think they should have focused a little bit less on the stories and a little bit more on the gameplay. 
I would have liked to see less of that and more of... Yeah, I, I, I do agree, agree with that. that. Yeah, I think this gameplay had a lot more opportunity to be better. It definitely is was not my favorite of this type of game by any means. Seeing the trailer, I was a bit more hopeful that this game was going to lean a little bit more to the Diablo roots. Because like, that's what it looked like with like how it's kind of medieval setting of swords and arrows and magic. And I was like, all right, maybe this might be like a little bit like Diablo and you can get some equipment and like kind of level up your characters. But in the end, it just felt so grindy. It just, as long as you put in the time, you're going to beat this game. Yeah, that part, 100% correct. And that was really what ended up kind of killing this game for me is a lot of times I was playing to not really care whether or not I got to the boss because I just knew I had to just get up a, go- a bunch of gold so I could level up a bunch of stuff and then I'd probably take care of it the next time but it got to a point where yeah, I just felt like I was just grinding to beat it yeah I I knew that if I was gonna die that I should just go for the gold so I would just like start running towards the chests and like killing like the weaker enemies and hoping for gold did you guys do that yeah <laughs> no because that was like that was just the main game is like if you can just get enough gold you're gonna win uh, who is your guys' favorite characters to play? Because I there were some that I was terrible at. For instance, I was terrible at Joey and Linda, but I really I thought John and Lucy were the best for me in the way that I play. So John, he had a sword shield, he had less dodge, and he could rain swords down on people. And so he was melee, but unlike Joey. The swing was, it took a lot less time to swing. So I thought that the melee was faster. You hit tons of enemies at once with the sword. And then Lucy, she shot fire, but unlike Linda, she couldn't move and shoot at the same time. And even without that, like I thought that it was just great playing like her character. And Andrew was playing her first. And I didn't realize you could hold the stick to keep shooting over and over again. So I think that's why I did so bad with Linda at first. I just kept hitting the right stick like individually. And then, but one thing I didn't like about Lucy was the cyclone, the tornado thing. I didn't think that really did much. It did sometimes. It depended, yeah. yeah. It depended on the enemy and also where you were and things like that. So yeah, for me, I loved her, her fire throwing, but, and she could also do a decoy. Yeah, see, I liked Lucy to start, but I got really annoyed with the way her mana worked. Like, she was the one character I felt like I was never using her skills right because the mana just it didn't recharge fast and i wasn't a big fan of it in the late game i actually really liked i believe it was mark right he was the one that did the naruto run oh the monk i hated him oh, he, he actually targeted though yeah but it was nice. inconsistent the auto target was not great but i actually i don't know about you and it might not have mattered necessarily but i used i used the left and right sticks for everything like i didn't even really ever use x for attack for any character no, oh, I did for melee. Which I'm surprised you did. We just did enter the gungeon and enter the. Oh, never mind. No, you, you I thought it really used. helped me with, with <laughs> the John. And enter the gungeon. But for me, I think the reason why I like the autofocus is that I thought the bats were so annoying to kill with John, but the autofocus. I mean, they, they were bats, right? The flying yeah. ones. I don't know why, but John could not handle them. <laughs> but I think that's funny that like people can use the same abilities, but like hate certain things. Like I love the auto aim. Like I thought that was great for me. Of course. <laughs> I mean, my strategy largely for all characters was just run and kite as many characters as I could into a big group and then just start smashing my AoEs on them. So it didn't really matter what character I played. I kind of just always did the same thing. Yeah. 
I, that's why for me, I always liked Linda was probably my favorite because Linda was just was a bow and arrow. She was the only person that could attack and move at the same time. So for me, she was always great at like keeping people at a distance. And I actually thought she had a really good AOE damage ability that took out a good amount of people. I did really like Lucy, the girl with the fireballs. You played Joey a lot, I thought. I, the, I, the hammer guy? Yeah, Joey had a giant hammer. And he was great when you first got him. But once you got to the last portal, the, the World 3, I thought he was terrible. Because you're fighting a lot more corruption creatures. And like the main draw of the melee characters are like they can stun people when they're hitting them. But a lot of the enemies in the last world don't get stunned when you hit them. So I just felt like I was dying all the time. So that's why I always like the range characters better. So none of us picked Kevin, the dagger king. I actually liked Kevin a lot too, though. But once again, he was better early game than he was late game. I hated his Y ability because it shot bullets in just like the four directions. And I Oh, it was <laughs> so strong, though. It was. Oh, I just couldn't get it to work for me. And then when you got his invisibility, his invisibility had a long cooldown, but it would instantly kill just about anything. I didn't dislike John. I just thought he was so boring. Yeah, me too. I just didn't want to play him. Oh, I I thought he was one of the best. <laughs> he, so he took, good. He took me a long time to level up. But this is one of the areas that I thought the game had such a great opportunity, and I liked the way that it played. Because it had this whole build of, you know, they're a family and all these things, they had complementary abilities, or at least abilities that would carry over to other characters as you level them up. Yeah, they had passive traits. Yeah, so even though, you know, you could level up other, you know, like your damage and things across all of them with gold, there was actually incentive to play them and make sure that they got leveled up as well. But I didn't like that you were kind of forced to play the other characters, because, like, my favorite characters got fatigued, and I was like, I don't want to play the other people. (laughs) (laughs) See, for me, like, I liked this whole, like, family dynamic and kind of, like, how they were, like, these different classes. I just didn't like that. Even though they all had their own skill trees, the skill trees just did not vary well. Like, it's not like, oh, I want to build his tree this way or that way. You, in the end, are basically putting points in everything. And I didn't feel like there really was much customization to these characters. And I, like I said earlier, I think it was a big missed opportunity that this game was only couch co-op. I enjoy couch co-op and I have a lot of fun with it. But I think it would have been cool that these characters have more skills and they actually worked well with each other. And so that way you could play with a friend online and, oh, let me play this character. He, I can do this ability, which is great for this character's ability. I was hoping for elements of that in this game, but there just isn't. Even playing couch co-op, it's just basically just watch each other's back and just kind of smash everything. And really, I'm fairly certain that it was an afterthought to the game, which is kind of disappointing because, again, it's built on this whole family dynamic and everything's supposed to be cooperative. That's how they've gotten by is together. But co-op like you said only couch co-op nothing it doesn't seem to scale the difficulty at all so it just really makes it vastly easier well i feel like when andrew was playing he was just reviving me the whole time (laughs) you were reviving me a good amount when i was playing the melee characters a lot yeah i died a lot but just in general like it just had so much more opportunity even if it did only stay couch co-op i'm fine with that because a lot of these indie games do that and i assume because it just makes it a lot harder to develop when you're developing for online play yeah so i get that part of it but man it just could have been so much more fun i got the achievements for co-op play because i just turned on a second controller 
and <laughs> beating a dungeon, I went back and I played the first dungeon, and it took me, and I didn't need a second character because it's. Just Are you cheater, faking friends? Come on. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't have friends in real life. It's just, <laughs> just me. Oh, I had a question. So, you rescue a puppy in the game. Yeah. Spoiler. Nothing with it. Yeah, Nothing I was gonna say, can you pet the dog? You see them petting the dog, but does he get to go down with you and you can like pet him? No, or... it was just another unnecessary story element that was in this game. Like, I got excited when they they first showed it. I was like, oh, sweet. Does that mean I get a companion? Like, do we get so to they train it? So killed its mother for no reason, pretty much. Basically, oh, wow. yeah. This game had some pretty grim moments in it. Like, at one point, you see a guy getting executed point blank with a crossbow, and it's like, man, this uh, this could be a little dark sometimes. But I mean, there's a point in the game. Where you're supposed to sacrifice a baby, so yeah, it does get kind of dark, I and I don't disagree far. with that. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, and you, you're right. But oh, spoiler alert! I guess sorry. Oh, <laughs> He's throwing a throwing one of those air horns, a techno air yeah. horn for spoiler. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, there there's so many little storylines, and that's where I thought it was cool that they had all these little storyline things. But I think it could have been an opportunity where, like you said, you save the the puppy and you have a companion. And then later on in the game, you save three little robots. and They could have been different companions and those could have changed up the way you played the game. So it could have made this game so much more welcome for so many more hours by having different things like that. Yeah, that's why I wanted to give this a pass because I just felt like it was very shallow with some of the elements of it. The other thing, I don't know if you guys noticed, speaking of the cutscenes, overall, I liked the art style of this game with the pixelation, but it was pretty awful when it came to the story. I don't know if you guys noticed, but whenever it's doing the story moments and if the camera ever pans right or left, there would be like this ripple on the screen from like the pixels like shifting and it actually like kind of made me motion sickness a little bit. And I don't get motion sickness, but there was a couple times that like it would just like ripple across the screen. I didn't notice that. See, I loved the art style, especially the beginning of the game, and then the house. I thought it was stunning. Yeah, but they did a good job with the art direction and like yeah, the designs of things. I thought the dungeons were kind of yes, because like I was watching you play, and because there was like a desert one, I thought they could have done more with it. Because I just felt like it felt like the same environment, just a different color. It, it was very same, but different. Yeah. So I was a little underwhelmed by that. <laughs> but the art style, though, loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's a absolutely valid point. The The art is good. I didn't notice that either, Andrew. Oh, really? No. See, I'm kind of surprised because there's a couple moments where I'm just like, oh, man, this is really... Well, you know like... how observant I am. But... <laughs> I, I also more or less just listened to the story than watched it because oh are you doing a jigsaw puzzle too <laughs> no but you know it is an opportunity to, to check my phones and all that gotta gotta do gotta do that so hold on you were just ripping on us for playing basically a jigsaw puzzle and here you are playing on your phone very yeah, hypocritical i wasn't YouTube. sitting here complaining about it i wasn't and i wasn't even playing on my phone i was i was paying attention to the story like i was listening to it but I wasn't always watching the screen as intently just because I knew it, there wasn't a lot of times where it would just cut you back in the gameplay. See, this is just proof that there is time for a jigsaw puzzle in this game. <laughs> no, there's like, absolutely not time for a jigsaw puzzle, at least not when the the tallying is happening. That is less than 10 seconds. You have time I mean, to pick up a jigsaw <laughs> puzzle and put it down. No, if you're as good at jigsaws as we are, yeah. you're like halfway down the puzzle at that time. Oh, in 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> 
But I, we're, but yeah, we're, we're I, class I, jigsaws. <laughs> I think the art was great, though. But we were talking to your brother, and he made a really good point. The pixelation is getting a little overplayed at this point. I love I, it. In a, I don't have a thing, anything against it, but it is getting a little bit overplayed. I, I agree and disagree. Like, because at first it was really cool, but I do agree that a lot of games are doing it. But I also don't blame a lot of studios from doing this. Because as we're saying, these are all, when it comes to pixelated games, these are all indie studios. And you know it's got to be easier to have artistry on this. I mean, like, this game isn't like Cuphead. Like, Cuphead and Indie Studio made that game, but that is a hand-drawn game. And it took them, like, 10 years to make that game because they literally had to hand-draw every scene. As opposed to a game like this, like... It doesn't take that long to create a pixel art. So that's why I don't fully fault games going pixel art style. But, but it, I do agree there is quite a bit of it. But I felt like they it was kind of like half pixelated and half not. Like when you're fighting, it doesn't look like the cutscenes. So it felt like a deliberate choice by them. Or at least I thought so. No, I always felt like it was pixelated. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just think they did it. <laughs> I mean, no, I just think it's... I thought the cutscenes were way more pixelated. Yeah. Am I remembering it wrong? No, no, I'm... I mean, I do kind of agree with that because that's oh, okay. how I was saying, like, why the screen would ripple, like, when it would pan left and right because it was really pixelated. I just assumed it was an artistic choice. I mean, it is. So you didn't know. It could have been a lazy it. choice. You just thought that they were doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're either. But the game is super flat, though, that on the final point of that, where the dungeons are so same, same, but different. They are. There's very minimal thing. Even really, I didn't feel like the characters got much different. They no. just all really looked the same, and that was also kind of disappointing. I think a couple of the bosses were basically the same character model. It just was kind of lame in that regards. Yeah, like the enemies themselves too. Nothing stood out to me. The only ones that were kind of interesting with the design were the corrupted monsters, but there's generally basic enemies that you're fighting in each dungeon and they all were very similar you always had like a swarm of the melee guys you always had a small creature that there was always a ton of then you usually had one shooter and then yeah the corrupted people would appear randomly see i hated the trolls or they looked like trolls to me yeah no they were they were like trolls or ogres yeah yeah i hated them yeah but you had a similar enemy just like that in each one of the other dungeons like there was always like some sort of generic type of monster this is your brute monster. This well, is your generic soldier monster. This is your jumped, shooter. When I jumped into your game, I just I couldn't tell what was an enemy and what wasn't. There was things <laughs> if that it's were moving, just it's like an enemy. but there was something that was like floating up and down, or like if it was stationary, it looked like squares. It didn't look like a monster. It didn't I and then I'd walk by it and it would attack me and it'd be like, How the frick am I supposed to know? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, it really confused me. I didn't know what to shoot at. <laughs> everything. Answers everything. I just shot to Andrew's point, had anything that moved. Who was moving? <laughs> I was shooting it. And if it didn't react in a way that it was taking damage, I moved on. Did you guys find the boss fights at all interesting? No. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. I actually really like, this is, I don't even know why I just thought of this when we were talking about enemies, but I love the looting in this game. Like, you get, the vases, when you break them, actually have things in them, unlike Enter the Gungeon, which I thought was like the biggest disappointment. So when I broke the vases and I got coins and, and health, I was really excited. See, when it comes to a game that does that, at first I'm always like, yeah, fun. Then after a while, I'm like, this is a chore. I'm sick <laughs> of smashing every stinking vase. But it's like, I don't want to miss them. 
like I know the big culprit of this is Zelda. And when you play Zelda, there's always you always want to crack all the pots because they could possibly hold money. But at least with a game like Zelda, you generally can just roll into the pots and they just naturally break. In this one, no. You actually have to swing at all of them. And it's just like, all right, sick of smashing pots. I'm fairly certain you could dodge through them and break them. But, but you only have like one to three dodges. <laughs> yeah, but... You could if you're Joey because Joey's dodge was an attack. Oh, uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Either way, I ended up usually getting one of the uh, Divine Graces that did damage of some sort around me. And yeah. those would take care of it. But it, it wasn't enough gold either that I felt like it was a chore. I just went, eh, I don't need to do this anymore. And I ignored them. Well, I also thought it was kind of frustrating because you can collect gemstones. I only found the shopkeeper when I didn't find any gemstones. Like there are some times where I went to so many different levels. I was actually doing fairly well. Didn't find a single gemstone. And that is when I would find the shopkeeper. You can increase your chance of finding the gemstones later in the game. Eventually, after you have the blacksmith and then you have the Book of Rhea that you can upgrade in your house. The blacksmith is basically your generic stuff, your health, your armor, your attack, your dodge, your crit, stuff like that. The Book of Rhea is kind of like a utility thing. You can increase your luck chance, increase how much gold you receive, chance increase the chance of finding gemstones. So these are like the things you can upgrade in the game. And like once you actually did upgrade them, you could see a significant change. There's one thing that I thought was pretty nice in this game. When you upgrade things... I actually felt like I was feeling these upgrades. I didn't. See, it said something different to me the first time. I said that, and you went, really? I don't think so. Because there were some things. Like, when it came to the Book of Rhea, I really noticed it. When it came to the Blacksmith, like, I just jumped my attack from, like, level 10 to level 15. And I'm still like, eh, it still takes about three hits to kill guys. No, I, I will agree with that, because I upgraded the Book of Rhea once, and I saw a difference. But when it came to the Blacksmith, I kept upgrading, kept upgrading... I didn't see any improvement, but I think that was more my lack of skill. Yeah. But like the gemstone one, I had one run, went over 12 gemstones, which was crazy because before the most I ever had was like two. And it's like, okay, yeah, I see the difference with this. Oh, no, for sure. That made a difference. And even just starting out or getting Lucy leveled up so everyone starts with a gemstone changes everything. Um, Because then all of a sudden you have a chance to get the charms that give you extra gemstones and, I don't know. It just in general, I felt like it was it was always valuable to have. But I like the upgrades. I don't think I will ever beat a roguelike. A roguelite, <laughs> either. <laughs> I mean, you very rarely beat a game in general. I have beaten so many. You said that before, and I actually went through and listed all the games I've beaten that we've played, and you were pretty impressed, I remember. <laughs> but I will... I, will never, I don't remember. <laughs> I will never beat a roguelike. How far did you get? I got four characters. I played on Andrew's game a bunch, though, because I just wasn't progressing. I wanted to play around with the other characters. Gotcha. So, yeah. No, that's fine. I was just curious because, yeah, this game doesn't add much. So I think another kind of unfortunate thing in this game is the music was just very unimpressive. But I will say the voice acting in it was good. Overall, there's a just a single narrator that is essentially telling the story as if he's like reading it from a book. And I actually thought that was a good element to this game. I thought it actually did a really good job kind of telling the story. But like I said, I just thought there was a lot of unnecessary stories being told. But I did like the voice acting with him. Except for there's kind of a voice acting with Lucy, the little girl. She was annoying. Whenever she oh, attacked, yeah. she always made annoying like yipping noises. And that got kind of old. Yeah, 
that was annoying. That was the first time I muted the game, because the. <laughs> but uh, it, outside of that, the the voice acting for the narrator was awesome. He just kind of, he had a good narrator voice. Almost like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I was almost thinking a little more David Attenborough. Uh, that's true. But either way, I liked it. But overall, though, I think at least the achievements are pretty good in this game. Overall, I think I would recommend this for Achievement Hunters. I don't think this game is anything too exceptionally long. It is just very grindy. But by the end, you kind of beat when you beat the game, you get a good 600 or so gamer score. So I think overall, this is pretty good for Achievement Hunters. And if you want a thousand the game, it is very achievable. It just takes some time. I mean, I saw you definitely were putting in the time trying to get it. And yeah. you were getting frustrated with the game by the end. It really is. So it's funny because in one way, the achievements are actually one of the biggest selling points for me on this game, at least as far as if you like this style of game. Because it is largely achievable. A lot of them are just going through the game and or collectibles. Hot tip, because I took a long time to look this up. One of them is collecting 10 secrets. They're just these little red glyphs you find on the ground. Attack enemies on it and they'll blow up. I spent so much time just trying to get them, and it got so tedious and boring. So I, that's about where I gave up. Yeah, I saw you were at like 6 out of 10 or something like that. I'm at 8 out of 10, actually. So I oh. might go back and beat it if I need a couple extra points to, to pass you some month. I don't know. Save them in back pocket. But even if you don't have any friends you can play co-op with, you can even get the co-op ones super easy. So Yeah, because it's just one co-op one. Two of them. It's revive someone five times oh, that's right. and beat a dungeon, but you can very easily do that. So it's good for achievements, and I think it's a fun game. So yeah, I guess since that covers everything and this is my game, I'll just go right ahead into my final thoughts, which are, I still really like this game. I think you guys probably killed my score on it a little bit. <laughs> But I still think it's a fun game, it, especially if you like top-down, shooter, action, whatever, or dungeon crawlers, and roguelike, roguelike, whatever it is. But I don't think I can give it more than a 75, because there's just so many opportunities that are missed, and that kind of bums me out. See, it's funny, because the same thing happened with me, too. I was going to give this game a 75, but I'm like, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm like... <laughs> Uh, there was just so much that just wasn't, yeah, as Keith said, a missed opportunity. It's like, like I I can understand like understand this is an indie studio and they don't have a ton of money to them, but I mean it affected the game. So it's, to me, yeah, it ended up kind of losing points now with my final score. So I'm giving it a seventy. This game it still is fun. I did enjoy my time with it, but just what this game offered, there is just a lot of other games that do things better. And I was hoping that this game would make up with its story. And it didn't, and it actually kind of got a little weird by the end. I haven't fully beat the game. I'm on the final boss. I'm sure I'll beat it later tonight. But yeah, I was just kind of like, all right, this is a little weird. So yeah, I'm giving it a 70. Okay, so I also am on my score. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we all talked each other down. I know, because I love what they were trying to do. And I just, I don't know. I feel bad. I I was going to give it an 80. And now I'm like, I think I'm going to give it like a 73. I don't know. Oh, so where you're in between me and Keith? Yeah, because I didn't know. I was like, who do I agree with? But I know I want it to be lower. I just, I don't want to keep playing it. And I actually keep thinking about, like, Dead Cells and Into the Gungeon and how I want to play those games. And I feel like that's actually really bad. Because, like, if you're wanting to play another game while you're playing this, it's like, ooh. 
I don't know. But looking at Metacritic, critics gave it an 80, users 7.9, and I feel like the critics were a little, a little bit more negative than the users, which is kind of surprising. They said it was repetitive, that it pales in comparison to other roguelikes, and yeah, I just think overall I kind of agree with them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what we're all kind of saying with it. I, I think if this game had a sequel, like if they added, if they end up getting more money and they come out with a sequel, this is a good foundation for a start, but... I think a sequel could actually be pretty good. Honestly, I was I was even just thinking a pat not a patch, but uh, like DLC to this game. And if they kept it like under five dollars and added a whole bunch of stuff, I would totally buy in on it. Like going back to them, the things we talked about, the companions or things like that, you could get me to buy that for five dollars or less. You really oh. like this style of game, don't you? I do. <laughs> Well, there you go, Dead Mage. If you're listening to this podcast, you have a sale right here waiting for you. <laughs> I've got I've got five dollars or less with your name on it. <laughs> Make it four ninety nine, and it's yours. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, because they don't do things in even dollar amounts. No. Four ninety nine or less, and it's yours. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird zero one nine five two. I'm also a mixer with the same name, and. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at GamePassGrabBag. We're also on Twitter at GPGBPod. And we're also on Xbox Live at GamePassPals. Or no, GPGBPals. Ah, see, I almost got everything right in one go. One of these days. One of these (laughs) days, you'll figure it out. Probably not. We've been doing this for a year now, and I still (laughs) struggle. Yeah, I doubt it. But I'm thinking, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, giving me a hard time. You can't even get your name right. That's Yikes. sad. Did you um, say Kleith? But I'm feeling I'm feeling generous this week. I've had a lot of downloads, so I want to give it to the people. My Twitter is Keith Lynch one two one, and my Xbox gamer tag is a little fluffy. And I'm in that Xbox Game Club that Andrew talked about. That's super awesome. Super oh, pals. You are so generous. So generous. All our listeners are like cheering right now. They're like, holy crap. I'm, they can I'm gonna, follow you. They're running to Twitter right now. They're, <laughs> they're sprinting. I like that I put effort in every week and give out my Twitter. Nobody follows me on Twitter. But I'm, I, I still don't think we are either. Well, because they're still following Liz the Noob with two O's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm Liz the Noob. Gamertag coming up, Dean. And I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob. Noobity W. You're not going to go there. I don't know why I say it. Liz is starting to sound like me. <laughs> so depressed. This is why Keith gave up on it. Because <laughs> no one cares at this point. We've already <laughs> ended this podcast. <laughs> well, now we're going to end it. So thank People you all so listening? much. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Farts. <laughs> so classy.